breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Good. Seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. William Daniel, Director of Water and Sewage for the City of Shreveport. William, good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. It's uh, always a pleasure to be on your show. Well, of course, uh, fireworks yesterday at City Council meeting. Tell us, uh, one of the things that's being um, uh, accused is that the city is overbilling on water uh but the, from what I understand, you guys, you said you don't have enough manpower to actually read all the meters. Is that correct? Uh, no, that is incorrect. We read every meter every month. Okay. And you actually have proof now, of that, now, too, wait, right? Wait, wait, wait. If I do need to put a, a slight disclaimer in. If there's like, if it rains like three or four days in a row and our guys can't get out, then sometimes we have to estimate some meters. But... Not only do we read every meter, but we also take a picture of every read that we make. Jerry Harper, an attorney, anybody uh, who, to review, an attorney who sued the city and won a nearly ten million dollar class action lawsuit a few years ago, says that we're still over billing Shreveport Water and Sewer customers. Any truth to that at all? Not, it, not in any bills that I've ever looked at are any actions that have been taken by my staff. I cannot believe that to be true. Has he reached out to you, contacted you to show you his examples? Have have y'all had any discussions yet? No, that's the first I ever heard of it was yesterday at the council meeting. And I didn't hear all of Mr. Harper's um, discussion before the council. I'm going to go back and listen to it today. But he has never broached any of those issues with me. And look, a lot of the money that he won was money that was incorrectly collected. It was a tax that, and I'm not familiar with it with, with 100% of the aspects of the case because I wasn't here at the time that all this occurred, but was a, it was an incorrectly collected tax that had been on the books or something, which we refunded. It was not, due to overbilling. The other issue was due to the way we round, mm -hmm. which is the way every water company in the country reads the meter. But since it specifically didn't state that we could do that in our ordinance, uh, the judge said that, you know, it wasn't allowed. We have since corrected the ordinance, and we read the meters um, exactly the way they're supposed to be read. But he says if there are meters that are not being read, the, this is where he claims the problem is. If there are meters that are not being read, there's too much mud, they can't get to the meter, whatever the problem may be, that you're supposed to bill based on the previous month's bill and you're not doing that. Are you familiar with that claim and is that not happening correctly? I'm not familiar with that claim, but it's really, if you think about the logical aspects of that it's bogus now first of all we clean the meters off and we read them the only time that we estimate is when we physically cannot get out on the road to read a meter second if you estimate a meter and you bill 
then the next month when you read it, it automatically corrects itself because now you have the correct reading. If we, if you, if the estimate was wrong, then uh, either too high, then the next month you would you would have a lower bill. If it was too low, then the next month you would have a higher bill. It automatically corrects itself the second you make the actual read. William Daniel, Water and Sewer Director, I. I know you're too much of a gentleman to probably answer this question, but I'm going to ask you it anyway. Is this a bunch of hocus-pocus malarkey to try to avoid a water and sewer rate increase? Well, I, I can't speculate as to the motive of Mr. Harper or the or the council person who invited him to the meeting. I just know that, that you know, we have a – We've really made a vast improvement in meter reading since I've been here, and it's really going well. Now, having said that, we're going to AMI meters probably starting at, towards the end of this year, and certainly in 2025, they'll finally all be installed. Those are automatic meeting readers. They're the so-called smart meters. They're very accurate. They have a 20-year life. They're guaranteed to be 100% accurate for 20 years. They're being put in all over the country, uh, and we're going to those meters, like I said, starting at the end of this year. There will be no more meter reading. We will not even have to open the meter. All the readings will be sent to the uh, office uh, for processing for billing. There's huge advantages to this. Uh, we'll be able to detect leaks. We'll be able to use them in the, in the event of emergencies to find people who have broken water pipes. Uh, Bozier has them. So it's really uh, a significant advancement. But right now, our meter readers read every meter that they can physically get to in the absence of weather issues, and we take a picture of it. So if any citizen wants to see what their meter read was and how we process their bill, all they have to do is call customer service. We'll send them a picture of the bill, and they can see what the meter read was that we based the billing on. Talking with William Daniel, Director of Water and Sewerage. William, some people are saying, though, when they call customer service, they're not getting they're not getting a response. Did, well, do you, have you found that we, to be the we, case? When I initially got here, it was absolutely the case. We have invested a lot of time and effort in hiring additional staff, and we put in a new phone system. When I first got here, we would have fifty people waiting in line to talk to a customer service agent. Now that's down to one or two. And if you're on the line for two minutes, it automatically asks you if you'd like to be called back. So you can just leave your number and uh, it will automatically call you back. You will not lose your place in line. You, you've been on those phone calls sure. before. I've been on them with Visa and all of that. We now have one of those systems. You can even take a survey at the end of the phone call. So we've made a lot of progress in uh, customer service. And, I mean, that was one of my main uh, pushes when I got here is I said I want to improve customer service. And I think we've done a really good job in doing that. My metal, uh, the one thing that I do want to say on the meter reading, the, the only thing that I'll say, um, I cleaned with a weed eater. I cleaned that whole little cover around it. So it's easy to lift, but they don't seem to put it back. When they pull that uh, metal well, plate that off, is the problem. they don't seem if to put it back. Yeah. Not only are they not supposed to put it back, not only are they supposed to put it back, but 
They are also supposed to, you know, let us know if there's a problem with the meter lid, if it's broke, if the box has got an issue. That's supposed to be part of their report. Mm. So if we're not putting lids back, I'd like to know so that I can, you know, discuss that with the right. meter readers. Well, who I don't are want to throw them. anybody under the bus, but <laughs> but that has been an issue for me. William, let me ask well, you one, one and more again, thing. Again, in the future, we're, we're not going to be opening lids anymore, so okay. it's going to be going to be a technological boom for the uh for the water and sewer department mr harper is going to join us in the eight o'clock hour and he said to me yesterday he said i'm going to show you where you personally have been overcharged what would you say to that if he presents evidence to me that i'm being overcharged um what do you say well, if he finds look, evidence of that i call you and you, you guys will fix it yeah absolutely we'll fix it uh you know there is absolutely no incentive for us to overcharge anybody ever. And if it, if we incidentally or accidentally overcharge somebody, we'll always make it, make it right. I mean, that's why we have all the customer service agents to answer the phones, to answer questions and to correct billing issues. Um, I would just like to, you know, maybe you would share with me why you were being overcharged. I will. I I'll, would, uh, I'll absolutely. Say, yeah. I'll let him look at it, and I'll absolutely share it with you and see what he's claiming, and let's see if it's right. Um, now, I, I was told yesterday that he says the interpretation of how we estimate is different from his interpretation. So that could be maybe it's an interpretive issue. I, I do not know, but I do know this: if we estimate a reader, if we estimate a read, then the next month when we make the actual read, if it was too high, then it will now. You'll now you'll get a credit on the next month's bill. If it was too low, then you'll pay a little more on the next month's bill. It always trues up when you make the next read. So you don't roll that higher bill over to the next month, the next month, the next like he was claiming. No. Okay. All we do is you know if you if we estimate the next month and we have an actual reading, like if it was one point five and we estimated two, and the next month it's three. Then we we've already estimated two, so you'll only pay for one, not not the one point five you would have paid. So it gotcha. always trues up when you meet the, when you read the make the next read. Okay, but like you said, William Daniel, that uh, this is all going to be moot in a matter of months anyway, with the new yeah, meters coming are, in. Yeah, the the council approved the 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 AMI meter in December, and we are moving forward. Uh, they uh, with the. Uh, with the installation, we're having meetings once a week. We're being very deliberate about training our people, uh, making sure everybody understands how the, you know the meters are going to work, making sure understands how the technology is going to work. You will be able to look on your uh, personal meter website in the future and see exactly how much water you're using on a daily basis, and you very can, cool. and you can uh, like if you want to conserve, you can. Cut back a little bit. If you if you say, "Oh, I can just sneak in under the two thousand gallon limit," you can do that. So mm. it it gives the it gives the consumer a lot more tools at which to uh, uh, manage their water. Well, we know we know you're busy. We're against the clock. I will say we got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board said my water meter in my neighborhood can't put a cover back on to save his life. So. <laughs> It's, I'm not the only one, apparently, but uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on and in, uh, in, uh, facing the fire, and uh, yep. we appreciate uh, what you do. Thank lot, you. Lots of mud in the water this morning. 
You bet. Always willing to come on to y'all's show. Y'all are great. Thank I you, sir. Thank you, William. Thank you. Bye. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Back of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. can't do this again <laughs> why you remember when we were we were uh 20 this makes us sound so old when we were in our 20s even in our no. 30 you know 30s we could go to a concert in dallas and oh then yeah come home at 11 and, o'clock at night right drive from dallas at 11 after the show and come straight into work the next morning for 5 a.m <laughs> right. We could work. We could we could suck it up and not even right. Maybe put on a little deodorant, a new shirt. And I can remember sitting in the apartment in college. I can remember. I specific. I can see the guys sitting around the table, ten o'clock at night, going, "What are we doing tonight, guy? Where are we going?" Yes, exactly. <laughs> what are we doing? It, it is one of those mornings <laughs> where I got little to no sleep at all. Just for the the sake of weird stuff going on and the Xfinity, I'm I'm going to blame Xfinity for this. There okay? you go. Um, the, so, the the internet outage, which I don't think is a coincidence, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I was following on the heels of the wireless outage from AT and T, and now we have a Wi Fi outage from Xfinity. Mm-hmm. I had I had Mister Sexy on my phone talking me to sleep last night, and he was you know talking. Now we're going to breathe. Well, you know, we're doing... We're going to meditate, and I was falling into a deep sleep. And then somehow my TV comes back on. Oh, because the internet came Right back. after I'm falling, <laughs> right as I'm falling asleep. And so I woke up, and I... Oh, I was... So I'm... Yeah, I'm on fumes. I, I, I can't do this anymore. Well, I, I was at home last night. I got home, didn't have rehearsal. We're doing Barefoot in the Park. Yes. So I didn't have rehearsal. So uh, my wife was working until seven. So I had my leftover, whatever, the, my sandwich, mm-hmm. the other half of my sandwich. And I had that. I was sitting down eating that, watching watching Justified on my phone. <laughs> and then my phone rings and it's the stage manager going, this is like 730 now. Uh-oh. He goes, Mike, are you okay? <gasps> I said, I'm fine. How are you? What's up? Yeah. Goes, oh, you were supposed to be there. We're running Act One tonight. Oh. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Oh, I just no. read. The, I, I read it wrong. I didn't put it in my my calendar. So correct. you had to rush up there. So I said, "Dude, I got to get dressed." You, you had your it's your jammies on. I'm done. <laughs> you could go up there in your jammies, couldn't you? Yeah, I could have, but I'm not that guy. You're not that guy. <laughs> not going up in my Crocs and my yeah. Please don't my jammies. Uh. <laughs> So I didn't get home until, you know, uh, after 9. Didn't get in bed till 10, so. So Ruben is coming in here every, about every 20 minutes. He's got one of those cattle prod things. <laughs> and he's shocking us so that we don't fall asleep. So <laughs> it's terrible. I could do, oh, I could do all-nighters all the time when I was younger. Oh, absolutely. All I'm a night person. I'm, st- yeah. I'm a night person. Still, mm. my, my tendency is to stay up late. And, and, you know, and not get up at four. Right. <laughs> that, that'd be exactly. my druthers. Yes. <laughs> Ruben could stay up all night, you know, all the time. It wouldn't bother you at all. Well, he's, a, he's a rock and roll musician. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's got this. Just leave the cattle prod out, okay? That hurts. I mean, I'll do my best, but you guys got to wake up. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, we do have Jerry Harper, attorney, uh, that uh, addressed the city council. We'll talk with him coming up uh, after the news, 8 o'clock. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. With Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. See, I have some, I have some, uh, I have some support. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I've done theater for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I'm a night person. Right. Always have been. I, I mean, I guess that's just, it's not something you learn, you know, do, 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 your bio rhythms. Or, right. I don't, I don't right. know. I don't know. I don't know if, if I believe in all that, but <laughs> I do, I do know that I'm, I'm much more comfortable being up at night than at than, four in the morning. Yeah. Four in the morning. Mm hmm. We got a message on the message Shreveport Security Systems message board that says, "Well, I'm a morning person. I have a hard time making it past eight fifteen at night." <laughs> See, me too. Now, yeah, exactly. He says, "But I'm up every morning at four thirty without an alarm clock." Well, that's because you're going to bed at eight fifteen at night. Right, right. The alarm clock is set for five thirty. Is a backstop. <laughs> I, it's a funny story among me and my friends because they're like, do you, how late, you know, do you sleep in on the weekends? And I'm like, yeah, Saturdays I sleep till six. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's about in. seven, seven, fifteen. Yeah, that's sleeping in. Yeah. Six o'clock on the weekends is sleeping in for me, which is weird. So were you ever one of those that slept like when you were a teenager, slept till noon or? Th- that is so funny you mentioned that because my whole family. Except for me and my father. Well, you had five brothers. Five brothers. All my brothers and my mother could sleep till noon. They could sleep till noon and you, and get up and it's lunchtime. My father and I would be up early. We'd drink coffee. He was not supposed to, but he'd let me drink coffee. <laughs> he'd make biscuits. We'd have breakfast together. He and I were the only early risers in the house. Mm-hmm. My father, and this is the sweetest story you'll ever hear me talk about. My father, well, no, there's plenty, but this is the one with the marriage, which is the best thing. Every morning, my mom had to leave for work at 730. She was a state worker, had to be there at 8, so had to be, you know, gone. So he would wake her up at 7. Oh. She could get dressed quick. He would come in the room with a cup of coffee and and a spoon, yes. and he would come up to the side of the bed, and he would knock the spoon on the cup. Tink, 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 tink. Yeah. So she would know that the coffee that was, was ready. It's clock. time to get oh, up. Oh, wow. Every day. I can't think that. of a more pleasant way to, to be awakened. He would bring the coffee to bed and ding the spoon on the cup, and she would wake up in her groggy self, you know, <laughs> at 7 o'clock in the morning for her was early. And she knew, drink the coffee, give it, give that about two, three minutes, then get up and go. And she would hit the, she'd hit the door. She'd be gone by 730. She knew, she usually was pretty good about laying out what she was going to wear. Cause that was back in the day when, you know, you were pantyhose and makeup and, you know, the whole shebang and high heels so and all that. I'm so glad I don't have to wear pantyhose anymore. <laughs> wow. Glad those days are gone. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
18 before the hour. 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel. Cattle prod is needed again, Rube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sighs> driving the struggle bus yeah. today. Uh, I was watching the um, council meeting until it got stuck and uh, Marcus Edwards was on repeat on my television with the same sentence. But I did see them a little bit of a discussion about the bond proposal. Um, I'm going to go back and and because Mayor Tom Arsenault laid out his plan. He said, look, I have done everything you guys have asked. We're going to have a project manager. Um, we're going to track the projects. We're going to put a clicker on the website so you can see where all the projects are. And we're hopeful you'll put this on the ballot in April. It is still meeting with resistance. Um, I There could be a final vote today, whether or not it goes on the April ballot or not. Uh, we've been told by a couple of council members that it might be doomed. It's a $250 million bond proposal. I think it's broken down into four. I, I may be wrong. It may be five. I'm not sure. Uh, propositions that would be put on the ballot for the April ballot. If they don't put it on in April, though, Mike, and then they decide to put it on later this year, say November or December, um, I don't think Mayor Arsenault would be in favor of that because it would get crushed. On a ballot where you're going to have a large turnout for a presidential election, a Shreveport bond proposal would get crushed. It would have no chance. The more people vote, the more people are likely to say no to taxes. I mean, that's just kind of known. And so I don't know what they do today. If they say no today, do they wait till next year to do this? I'm not sure. We've heard it said that this council wants this mayor to fail. Mm. I, I, I've heard that accusation. Do with with the invitation for um, Jerry Harper to appear before the council was that was that part of that? To, to try to make the mayor look bad that before they're yeah. asking for a water and sewage hike? That that literally, and I'm not, no pun intended, that absolutely muddied the waters absolutely. on the water and sewage increase. You can't think that was unintentional. And right here on the eve of the vote, the vote on the water and sewer increase comes today. Right. Um, the vote on the bond proposal could come today. They, I don't know that they have any wiggle room to delay that for the April ballot. I think you're on the cusp of getting that on the april ballot now um i'm not sure and and you know people say well you're supporting this now because arsenault's the mayor i have not said i'm supporting this bond proposal i have said all along if i don't see dirt turned on night street i'm not voting for another penny for you and i'm there's no dirt turning yet there's a night street conference meeting today to talk about that and i'm where are we? Is it out to bid? Are, no, it's, are, been, it's been said that it is moving forward. It's moving they forward, are. which is a good thing. It, 13 but, years later. Right. And I know it takes time to get the bids in and all that. And I and I understand that. It doesn't that. take 13 years, though. Yeah, and that's the thing. You have some council members now griping about the 2019 bond issue. And why aren't we seeing work now? It You don't spend a dime planning any of these projects. Until the bond proposal passes. 
So after the bond proposal passes, then you plan Night Street. You plan mm-hmm. where the sidewalks are going to go, what right-of-ways you need to acquire, and all that sort of thing. So you can't spend any money until – and that, and I'm a little mes, mesmerized by why they're griping now about 2019 and 2021 bond proposals. Not They're not seeing any work. Where were you when folks were screaming about 2011 bond proposals not done? Well, there were council members that said I wasn't on city council at that time. That's not my problem. <laughs> That happened, too. There is that. Excuse me? I know. So this is a pretty big vote today, both on the water and sewer increases, because if you don't increase the water bills, and I can't believe I'm saying this, you may not be able to borrow the money if the April bond package is passed. You may not be able to borrow the money at at an affordable rate that would make it worth your while to do it. So you might pass a bond proposal that you're like, we we can't even borrow the money because it'll cost too dang much. To pay it back. So we're in a real pickle here. You almost have to do both. And I know for the city council, it's a struggle. And they are making provisions for folks who can't afford to pay the bill to get help. But that's only for folks who get SNAP benefits. Those who are right on the edge, the cusp, wouldn't be eligible. But you have to make sure those people know about the program and go in and apply. I tried to apply a couple of weeks ago. It was a pain in the neck. Not that I want to qualify or anything. I wanted to see the process. And it was a pain in the neck. And I told the mayor about that. And he said, we're clearing that up. And that's what they've been working on. So they are clearing that up so people can get to the program and get access to those dollars. But big votes for the council today. Now, what would have happened if you'd have gone through the process? Yeah, I know we're against the clock. I'd have gotten denied, obviously, because of my income and all that. But my my income wouldn't have qualified me. But you also had to have an outstanding bill of 200 bucks, which I wouldn't have had. So there were some provisions I didn't meet. But I just wanted to see how hard was it to get a real human on there to explain it to me. It was tough. We are going to talk with Jerry Harper, who addressed the city council yesterday about uh, is the city overcharging for the water? We'll find out coming up after the news top of the hour. Mike McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Back with Marty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. did not pay attention on the way in to the sign. I, I don't buy the tickets, so I didn't, couldn't tell you. But I, I, I would like, I, I could live on close to $600 million. Yeah, Mega Millions drawing tonight, $563 million. I thought it was 94, 594. Um, I thought it was 563. I may, may be wrong. Be, no, I, I, but again, uh, I didn't pay attention, so I don't And know. I have been forgetting to buy a ticket. So I have to make sure I buy a ticket today because this is going to be the day that I win the Mega Millions. I think you get a lump sum of $370 million or something like that. And then I've got the, you know, the people that are on my list. I have about 12, 25 people that are on my, I'll give you a million list. Um, some people get booted off that list every now and then. You're on the cusp at the moment. Um <laughs> It's only because you're tired. You haven't slept. Yeah. You better behave for the next hour, and yeah. then we'll see. But yeah, it's it's getting crazy. And I, but I, you know what? I haven't called a real estate agent yet. 
I haven't been shopping for condos this week. I haven't done anything nice. You don't have some poor sap in in, in Florida looking up condos. Not yet. Getting prices for you. That'll be happening later today, I'm sure, because I get nutty like that. I get it in my brain that I'm going to win, that it's my time, I'm going to win, and I'm going to do really great things. Because the odds are so in your favor. Yeah, You know what? If I win tonight, Night Street will be the Night Street Tunnel. (laughs) I will make it a tunnel. I will pay to have it. No, do it. Tunnel. Do it over a mo- like a monorail kind oh, of thing. Yeah, a monorail. Yeah, <sighs> the night rail. How awesome would that be? That would be awesome, and and make it go right to my place. Well, I probably will move, but you know what? I'm going to keep that place because it's right in the heart of town. It's perfect. It's you know it's accessible to everything. See, it wouldn't be an issue if we had our flying cars. Come yeah, on, we I'll are so that. far into the 21st century now. I'll work on that too. I'll work on that Come too. on. Yeah. Where are my flying cars? I know. I know. We need a flying car. I did actually. My car yelled at me this morning because I was, I was drinking my beer and texting and, um, and not driving. I'm joking. Please don't call my boss. But, but I wasn't paying attention and the car drives itself. It literally does. I know. But then if you don't put your hand on the steering wheel, she gripes at you. You need to put your hand on the steering wheel. Okay, shut up. I got you. I do. I'll do it. So it the the cars are getting crazier and crazier. I've got a, an, an interesting text that I'm going to read uh, before we start our next segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Harper going to be in studio with us talking about is the city overbilling? He shows me my bill, my personal bill. They owe me more than a hundred bucks. Apparently, I'm I'm due at least a hundred and sixty six dollars. Mm. The more the most disturbing thing to me is he brings out this printout with my name and home address. On oh, it. Jerry That's, Harper knows everything about everybody. And he's got copies of my bills. <laughs> he's got your cell phone number and everything. You no, know, we got to. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mikey McCarty, one hundred seven FM, seven ten keel dot com. Seven FM, seven ten. Keel. Earlier this morning, we did speak with William Daniel, director of Water and Sewage. Uh, the there was an attorney yesterday that spoke to the Shreveport City Council. Uh, in fact, he is in studio with us now, Jerry Harper. Jerry, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Jerry brought in documentation mm-hmm. for Aaron's account and my account uh, for our city water uh, that shows. Let me ask you this: this this is goes from June 2021 through May of 2022. And apparently I've been overcharged about $167. This consumption per thousand, it says four. Uh, next month is seven. Next month is six. But then it says correct AWC is all three. Right. So am I using 7,000 gallons in the month? What does that mean? It, it, it means... Um it means that you're likely overcharged by quite a bit for your sewer uh, usage. Your AWC should be a constant figure for the entire year. Okay, which is average water consumption, I would it's, assume? It's is average, average winter consumption. You, winter consumption. You also brought my bill showing I'm overcharged. Of the 65,000 customers in the city of Shreveport, how many could you bring up paperwork and show they're still being overcharged? Do you suspect? 
I, 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 it would be a guess, uh, but I, I would guess that um, somewhere in the neighborhood of one in four, one in three, but that is, that's a guess. I would like you, Jerry Harper, and you, for folks who don't know, Jerry Harper filed a class action lawsuit against the city several years ago and won a nearly $10 million settlement for water and sewer bills on several different uh, lawsuits. There were several. Um, you are now claiming, and you were, call, you were called to appear before the city council. Can you explain to us how that happened? Yes. Why were you there yesterday, right in the midst of us discussing a water but and sewer Daniel increase? Daniel said that wasn't entirely on overcharging on water. No, no, that's what I'm saying. There were five. One was on taxes, and he had five different lawsuits, or, or six maybe. I'm not sure. So um, yesterday morning, I was, uh, and, and over the lunch hour, I was at my desk having a sandwich as I'm uh, prone to do, and I got a phone call from a councilwoman who um, said, look, I, I've talked to you before, and you gave me some information on overbilling, uh, water overbilling. Um, would you be willing to come to the council meeting today and tell us what you know about water overbilling? And I said, well, you know, I have a lot going on. And she indicated to me she would consider it a personal favor if I would come and advise the council on what I knew about overbilling. And uh, she, the councilwoman was aware that um, I had uh, – we, we've continued to monitor these things. We get calls from – clients and former clients who tell us they're overbilled, we look at their bills and they are being overbilled. And they have been overbilled since uh, the termination of the other litigation. It never really stopped. And what I was able to tell the council was that... But did the, the timing of that phone call give you pause? No. Uh, it didn't. I, I'm aware of... Um, I'm aware that there is a pending vote on whether or not to increase the water rates with the city of Shreveport. Right. And Councilman Bowman has indicated to me that she thinks that there are real problems in the water and sewer department on billing and other things. Mm -hmm. And, and her, her, in her view, which I, I think is a reasonable view, we need to straighten out the water and sewer department billing before we start increasing the amounts that we're charging people. It's a valid point. Um, and She's got a valid point. There's no doubt. And uh, so I did not, I, I do not see anything sinister in that. What she was doing was perfectly consistent with what she told me her views are on on the water and sewer department. Jerry, when Jerry Harper, attorney, my, my question to you is this. You, you said you have sent information regarding this overbilling to attorneys, outside attorneys that represented the city to let them know they're still overbilling and that no one has gotten back. Have you called the mayor? Have you called William Daniel? Have you said, look, you're still overbilling? Are you just dealing with attorneys? Um, I, I'm, I'm ethically prohibited from talking about the subject matter of litigation when the, the, the other side, the city, is represented by counsel. Ah. I can only... Uh, communicate um, according to our rules of ethics i can only communicate with the attorneys for the city of shreveport um despite the fact that i'm a constituent mm -hmm. I, I cannot talk directly to the mayor or to the city councilman about these matters as long as they're in litigation they're no longer in litigation but and in 2021 i, I did so you could talk to them if they're I, no longer in litigation I, I can now talk to them 
uh, in 2021, and I'm happy to. Uh, and I, I told the council yesterday that I'm happy to talk to anybody on the council. Um, and I uh, didn't have a chance to talk to the mayor, but I'd uh, be happy to talk to the mayor um, with, the pro- with the city count- uh, city attorney present. But we advised them in 2021 that this overbilling was continuing and that there were new forms of billing that have risen. You say advised them. This is not this administration. That it was the Perkins administration right. that was being advised. We see new forms of overbilling that are taking place. We just finished five lawsuits against the city, and we won all five at the trial level. And and we succeeded in getting money returned to millions of dollars returned to citizens of the city as a result of this overbilling. If you if you want us to, we will come in at our own expense and without any litigation, and we will show you where the city continues to overbill with the understanding that you will stop it and you will return people's money where there is overbilling. Can you stay with us? Because I want to ask yes. you about the reading the meters and that seems to be one of the biggest problems it is a problem let's talk about that when we get back jerry harper in studio mike and mccarty 1017 fm 710 keel duck let's get back to the show with mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, local attorney Jerry Harper who addressed the city council yesterday on issues at invitation by the way uh, of the city overcharging on water usage big problem Jerry you mentioned yesterday was interesting saying that the problem is they're not reading people's meters so they are estimating what you should be paying and they're estimating wrong. Um, if, do you have any idea how many meters are actually being read? I, I don't. I mean, I, I, like anybody else, I can go and observe, and I can I can um, um, relate stories to people who tell me that their their meters are overgrown and they haven't been read in months and months and months. But I, I don't have data on the percentages. But you have you you made a claim yesterday that fewer and fewer meters are being read and you have evidence of that how um from from clients who show me bills that have indications that they're not being read or from the use of the number six as a default number and we know that the city is using an estimate uh, a default number is what they call it uh to the number six especially during the winter months when your sewer rates are being calculated. Now, you, the six is for 6,000 gallons, 6, correct? 6,000 gallons. Okay. And if you're, look at your water bill and look at the consumption, uh, the, the, the monthly sewer quantity charge, uh, and if your sewer rate is multiplied by the number six, that might mean that you're, winter average is correctly calculated at 6,000 gallons, but it is very likely that that number is the result of a default that's been applied and that you are being overbilled for your sewer. Okay, there are 
thousands of folks listening that are like, how do I know if I'm one of the ones being overcharged? What do they do? They examine the last three bills. What is the process? What do they do? There are two things you can do. Uh, One is look at your bill this month and look for that uh, sewer quantity charge and see if it's being multiplied by six. If it is, it certainly excites further inquiry. That's not the only form of overbilling that's continuing to go on, but it's it's a major one. And if you do see a six there, go back and look. Your You can access your water usage history and go back and look for the months of November, December, January, and February. And the way your sewer rate is supposed to be calculated is take the highest month and kick it out, and the lowest month and kick it out, take the middle two months, uh, add them together and divide by two, and that's the number that you should uh, be charged for the entire following year for your sewer quantity charge. So, there, so quantity charge colon sewer, mm-hmm. it's uh, nine seventy four times. I'm looking at this month; it says six, but then another month it says five, and then the next month it says four. That 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 is a, a facial irregularity that shows that something is wrong with your bill, hmm. and because your your AWC should not change at any point during the year, it's it's added to your month to your bill beginning, I believe, in May or June, and it that rate AWC rate should be the same for the following twelve months. Now there are folks that are going to say, and William Daniel said they are reading the vast majority of water meters. And they have a picture. Can I call and say, I want to see my picture? Do I have access to that? I want to see the picture of my water meter. That, that's a public record. You, sh- you should be able to. And they can, that. is it online? Can I go access it online? I, or I that's doubt not, it. I so doubt it. <laughs> they're inviting people now today to essentially thousands of people to call and go, I want to see the last meter read. I want to see a picture of it. Well, I, let, me, let me point something out about what you just told me. Um, I, I didn't hear Mr. Daniels talking, and uh, I'm sure he's a fine man and seems capable. But what he's just told you is that in a majority of the cases, we're actually reading your meters. Well, that's nice, but the reason we have meters is because you are charged by measurement. They, we measure the amount of water that comes through your system, and you are charged on that basis. So as to that minority, that's something less than 50%, that they're not reading, how are they charging those people? By, mm-hmm. by estimates of each month, the previous month is what he was saying. Well, that's the way they're supposed to do it, but that's not what they're doing. Uh, and I, 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 can, I can show you that. Mm. Uh, in fact, I can show you... Uh, communications within the city where they say that's not what they're doing now if so, okay but what are they doing then they're 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 using the number six for six thousand as a default yeah. yeah he says six is the default number that they're typically charging you so you're you're paying for six thousand when you might be a two we if if you're consuming two thousand gallons a month or three thousand gallons a month mm-hmm. pretty pretty regularly right and they don't read your meter one month, they should, but they don't for whatever reason, then they look to the prior month and we ought to find a 2,000-gallon consumption or a mm-hmm. 3,000-gallon consumption for the prior month. But that's not what's occurring on your bill. What's occurring on your bill is you're getting a six. 
Who's making the decision to give me a six? Right. Where did that come from? Is that, is that a is random that, looks? A bean counter down there? Is does it go to William Daniel? Does it go to the mayor? Who's who's saying default to a six? I, I wish I knew. I, I do not know the answer to that question, but uh, maybe okay. maybe we'll find out. Absolutely. Now, you are you actively pursuing? litigation over these latest overbilling charges? No. I was just asked to come in and tell the city council what I knew about it. And I advised them, of course, that I'd been telling the city since back in 2021 that they've never stopped overbilling and they should stop. And if they would ask me to come in, I would show them at my own expense how to stop it, where it is. Mm -hmm. and, and no litigation would be involved. Uh, is litigation a possibility in your brain right now, today, as you sit here? Well, uh, I, I was asked that question for the city council yesterday. If the city does not fix this, if the city does not pay back people for overbilling that I believe is occurring, then I hope somebody sues the city and gets that money back because it ain't right. Mm. So do you think the city needs a 10% increase in water and sewage rates? I, I don't know the answer to that. They... If if our uh, I mean, could that be made up if they did the billing correctly according to your figures? If our, our figures and our opinions are, they've already given themselves a rate increase, which makes me sympathetic to Councilman Bowman, who says, "Wait a minute, let's figure this out before mm -hmm. before we vote for a rate increase." Your figure was it's about three million in overbilling. Um, the the per year. Per year. Their increase brings in ten to eleven million a year, so they're still seven million short to get into bond compliance. So they still have an issue that they need to solve to get into bond compliance. They do. Uh, people haven't talked about this, and I'm going to bet that William Daniels didn't mention this. But when we were litigating this, there was a sixty million dollar surplus in the water and sewer enterprise fund. Mm -hmm. Uh, that figure may be down to 40 now the last time, 40 million the last time I checked. Okay. I don't know why we have that surplus. I'd be interested to hear someone tell us about that. More on this story, Jerry. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Glad to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, for, thank you for following up on this. Appreciate your work. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710keel.com. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Well, we're going to change gears, talk early childhood education. Christy Gustafson going to be joining us coming up just after the break with Community Foundation. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel app. Stories of the Day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline from the Community Foundation. Uh, Christy Gustafson joining us. Christy, good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Well, we're doing very well. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. I wanted to. T we want to talk about an update on the Early Childhood Education Scholarship Program, which you have been, I mean, spearheading for the past couple of years to get matching state dollars. You've raised local private money, government money, 
and we have impacted uh, hundreds of children. And the numbers you presented before the council yesterday, the numbers show it's working. Give us kind of an overview, kind of a, a drone view of what's going on with the program. Sure. So we set out to improve kindergarten readiness amongst um, our children who are entering kindergarten because over half of our kids are not kindergarten ready. And we know that, you know, that's an indicator of all kinds of problems down the road, not only uh, academic, but behavioral, et cetera, et cetera. So there's been tons of research that has shown um, high quality, effective early childhood education um, is a great step towards getting kids more kindergarten ready. And in fact, um, there's a Johns Hopkins study that followed 8,000 kids from, you know, kindergarten to fourth grade uh, that shows how effective preschool is, essentially. So what we did, uh, realizing that there were state matching dollars available for scholarships, we started a scholarship program uh, a few years ago. And, you know, our first year we thought, well, we're going to try to raise, Community Foundation is going to try to raise a million dollars and get a million dollar match from the state. Well, we did that um, in fairly short order. Um, not only thanks to a lot of generous donors, but also the city that put in 215000 And then Community Foundation actually put in 100000 So we got that match. Well, what we were delighted about is those kids came, I mean, the demand was there. I was worried that it would be hard to find the families that needed to take advantage of scholarships. I mean, we were done handing out scholarships by mid-year. So what we did, and we did this with our community foundation operational dollars, not money we raised, we hired an external evaluator because, I, I, you know, I know that this has worked on a grand scale because of this Johns Hopkins and other studies, but I wanted to follow our kids that are going to kindergarten and see how well they're doing relative to their peers mm-hmm. um, who are not going to preschool. So we have just pulled, and this is what I was reporting to community, uh, to the city council yesterday, we just got our second year back of data, and it shows that the kids that are going to these early child care centers are doing far better than their peers who stay at home and don't go to preschool. So I'm going to give you an example, two examples. So their kindergarten readiness exam is split up between reading and math scores. So the kids, um, the percentage of kids um, that meet the reading benchmark on that kindergarten readiness exam who have not gone to preschool is 15%. Only 15% of those kids are meeting or exceeding that benchmark wow. versus um, over 35% of kids who go to child care centers are meeting or exceeding that benchmark. And then you look at the private schools, you get about 50%. So not only are we doing way better with public child care I shouldn't say public, with publicly funded child care centers um, than kids who stay at home, but we're really keeping up well with private school. So then if you look at the math scores, and these are the ones that really blew me out of the water, so the average percentile that kids got on the math portion of the um, kindergarten readiness exam was just a little over 40% for kids who stayed at home. My kids who went to child care centers, 65%. And then... uh, private preschool kids, 85%. So we're showing in real time what our hypothesis was. Kids who go to high-quality preschool are more kindergarten ready. And in both cases, almost twice as ready as their peers who don't go to preschool. Christy Gustafson with Community Foundation. Christy, um, you know, 
people would say, well, you're getting them ready for kindergarten so they can tell mm-hmm. a green crayon from an orange crayon. <laughs> Yep. But it's much more in-depth. And, and how does this program that we're talking about differ from Head Start? And, and what are the differences in those? Well, so Head Start is awesome. I mean, Head Start is a preschool program, and it's, you know, here it's federally funded. It's available, but it's full. And so the what, what has kept, traditionally has kept families from accessing preschool um, is that it costs 8500 to $9,000 a year kind of on the low end. So if you're a family uh, with the regular median income of what's going on in Caddo Parish, which is right around 35000 40000 annually, I mean, do the math on $9,000 of preschool a year. That's not, it's not attainable. And so, you know, those, those Head Start spots fill up really quickly and then they're full. And then we've got some um, pre-K classes at Caddo schools for just four-year-olds, and those fill up. So our four-year-olds really have a lot of access. It's the kids that are zero to three in low-income families that don't get access to preschool like they should. And what we're so excited about is all these scholarships are going to kids that are ages zero to three, and it has really increased the numbers um, of, of those age groups. And now, these child care, care centers, Christy, um, yes. who, who selects them? And are they graded? Are we making sure that they, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing? So this is the brilliance of the program um, that started um, under a couple of superintendents ago and has kept going. Um, All of these child care centers are privately owned. But in order to receive this funding, they have to submit themselves to a grading system of the state and they get... um, they also have to submit themselves to using the curriculum that the state recommends. So what's really cool is um, the state set up a system where they've got, there's a, a kind of a task force locally that helps these type three childcare centers get better. So if they're struggling to administer their curriculum from the state or they're struggling with, you know, pieces and parts of whatever, they've got the NSU child and family network folks to come out um, and help them and assist them with, you know, raising their scores for the next year, essentially. Um, and, and the cool thing about this from a parent perspective is the, the parents that are signing their children up for early childhood education, they're the ones that choose where they want the kid to go. Mm-hmm. So they get a list of all the child care centers and, you know, presumably they choose one near home, near their work, you know, how we all do, but they get freedom of choice to say, these are my top two or three choices. If you can find me matching funding so I can go to this center. So not only is it giving that autonomy back to the parent or caregiver, but it's also uh, raising the capacity and the excellence of all of the type three child care centers because the more that we funnel money into them, the better they seem to be doing, which is no surprise. It's sort of, um, you know, just regular old capitalistic competition, sure. right? <laughs> Christy, you were saying that uh, you wanted to measure the results locally and then you went what the past two years. How many kids have gone through this program that we're measuring? So right now, I mean, just to give you an idea, um, we have the, the children that are getting the, quote, ECE scholarships are about 500 in number right now. But in any um, cohort year, you've got nearly 
3,500 kids going through one of these publicly available preschools. So it might be it might be these type three child care centers. It might be a pre K four at Caddo Parish. It might be um, a federal Head Start. And so we're tracking all of those numbers to see how much we're pushing them up. So it's several thousand children. And I think you know the what this program is bearing out is that you know we've got 60 kids on the wait list still right mm-hmm. now, and we had six million dollars available in scholarships for this year so we're also figuring out what the actual demand number is because you know it's every parent's choice whether they want to send their kid to preschool or not and some some naturally will decide not to and that's totally fine what's the price Um, per child christy like about i mean on average nine thousand dollars per year and does the family pay any of it or does the program pay it all Right now, the program is paying 100%. What I would like to see as we get sophisticated enough down the road for folks that have a little bit higher level income but maybe can't pay the whole thing, that we can help pay part, you know. Um, but that just depends on funding and, you know, how what the demand is. But um, And as I said to city council yesterday, I want Shreveport to be the first city in the country that says to parents, if you want your child to go to preschool, no matter where you're from, no matter how much it costs, we're going to figure out a way for your kid to get there because we know that's the best way for them to get academically ready for the rest of their life. And the other thing that we don't talk about often when we talk about fighting crime and changing our community, this is one of the best ways to start that process, and we're going to see the benefits of this. How many times have we heard we yes. got to get them young? And this is one of those oh, things absolutely. that's doing it, and you're seeing an impact quickly. Well, every law enforcement officer um, that I have talked to about this has been really excited about it. When we did the Early Childhood Education Summit that started all this in 2017, um, you know, both the chief of police and the sheriff came to that. I um, mean, they, they know from um, a prevention and proactivity standpoint that this is a really important thing. Of course, that's not what they do. That's not their wheelhouse, but they are very, very supportive. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, And I do have to say this, Erin, before I don't want to not let this get on the air because it's so important. You know, public-private funding partnerships are really a phenomenal way for us to make incredible change in the community. And what I was so excited that I reported to City Council yesterday is we've leveraged in three years $19.978 million for these scholarships. And so we did that um, between... um, the money that Community Foundation raised, which was $2.1 million. The money the city put up, $3.8 million. The money Caddo Parish Schools is putting in the, up, $7.9 million. And then state money, $6 million. I yeah. mean, that's how you make massive change. You know, if it, if it was just Community Foundation alone, we can't afford to do this line. And so right. having this partnership has been invaluable well and i think you can effectively say that's not a cost those that's an investment you bet in in these lives and in the future of our community and our state yeah you know it's really cool so not only like when i go to a donor and i say if you give me ten thousand dollars i'm going to turn that into twenty thousand because the state's going to give us a dollar for dollar match but there was a nobel uh prize winning economist james heckman that did a whole bunch of work on you know what's the return on the investment um for getting kids 
into preschool and getting and, and focusing basically on early brain development and his um, his equation, which is called the Heckman equation, says that for every dollar you spend for a kid under the age of four or five, you get a 13% return on investment. And I challenge um, anybody <laughs> to, to get that good of an investment out of their, uh, you know, stock portfolio. Absolutely. Christy <laughs> Gustafson, Community Foundation. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, y'all. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel app. Back Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. I want to loop back to earlier this morning. We were talking about is the city overcharging on water rates? And and, and we had uh, Jerry Harper who addressed the city council uh, yesterday. But he addressed the city council at invitation. Of Councilwoman Ursula Bowman. Mm-hmm. And it's been said before this even came up. And, and, and I'm not accusing Ursula because if there are issues, they need to be brought forth. But the timing of this does give me pause. And, it, and it's been said be, before this issue even came up weeks ago. And, and uh, you know, Mayor Arsenault looking at what a, a year into his term now that this council has been battling him from day one and outright wants him to fail. Mm hmm. And and that's that is it's just so discouraging to me. Uh, the 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 conversation with Jerry should have been done prior to now. Um well, not, sure. not on the eve of voting on a water and sewer rate increase. And if there's no litigation going on, Jerry said he could talk with the mayor and talk with uh, mm-hmm. city officials like William Daniel. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why I, not? I do hope that? they do talk. I hope they do get together but i'm going to tell you as the devil's adversary here um you don't want to vote to increase your water bills if the city is already over collecting three million a year if the city is over collecting bills by three million a year why do you need a 10 million dollar increase couldn't you make it a seven million dollar increase or what whatever do what you need to do to fix the overbilling first if it's happening i don't know that it's happening jerry I, harper claims it is william daniel says it's not i know automatic meters are on the way but there it's like you know like you said it's still going to be another year oh easy. i think you can solve this stop the estimating read the meters every mm-hmm. month if they're covered in mud then then you get out in the mud and you wipe them off and you make the reading. Harper will tell it you they don't have easier. the personnel to do it. They, well, do, they no longer have the personnel. They well, can't William Daniel people. said that's not the case. That's exactly right. And who do you believe? I don't know. More of us are going to have to say, I want to see a picture of my meter. Show me a picture that you took when you read my bill. If I'm being charged on usage, then there, there's my usage. Don't estimate. Read the meter. Vast majority of us never pay attention to it. We just pay That's right. Mm-hmm. Now we need to pay attention. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 keel.com.